0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: Well, welcome, everybody. It's so good to be back after a couple of years of a, of a pause there. And uh, just great. Happy Father's Day to every father, every grandfather, every stepfather, Every adopted, I mean, whatever your title is, we're just glad that you're here. Big welcome to all the car owners as well. Let's give them a hand for coming out. And, um, you know, they've, uh, I know they've missed this and we've missed them. So it's great to have them back. And, and welcome to the food trucks this year, piles of food trucks. You gotta go check those out. And, and I just want to say a huge thank you to the sponsors who uh, sponsored, came alongside of Celebration Church with this event today. And uh, also to the many volunteers, all these red T-shirt people that are all over the place, they are the volunteers for today. Can we give them a hand? And um, we just, we so appreciate them. We can't do what we do without, um, without their involvement and without their, their volunteering. So I drove a bike on stage as you can see. And I've been doing that for a number of years. And I, I had the experience of being asked to do a funeral of an owner of a Harley dealership here in town. And um, they, they asked me to do the funeral. I knew the family, whatever. And they said, oh, by the way, can you ride his bike on stage at the funeral service? And so I'm like, okay, with a suit and everything, this will be great. <laughs> so we did. But so we drove it on stage, and the place was packed. It was this place, by the way. It was just absolutely packed, and, and uh, people were you know, thrilled to see that happen for him as an honour um, towards him. After I did that, um, I was having these conversations with people because there was people representing Harley-Davidson you know, from all over the place, and, and one specifically out of Toronto, kind of headquarters there. And he said, you know, we, we, we had this event um, in Toronto... And we asked a police officer to ride his Harley up on the stage. And, and he, was, he, was, he was complimenting me about, you know, doing this and making it look easy and all the rest of it. And he said, so he said, the reason I, I'm talking to you about this, he said, this police officer gets on his Harley, halfway up the stage, dumps it. <laughs> yeah. That's going to hurt tomorrow and today. You know, like it's bad. So so any rate... Um, so I thought I would tell you how to ride a Harley on a stage because I know that's really on your heart today. And uh, if you're wondering where that's in the Bible, I'll find it for you later. I'm sure it's there. But I, I took a training course before I started riding on the streets. And they, they have you doing a lot of slow bike maneuvers because that's usually where people mess up. And um, so one of the things that they taught us was this. Don't look at where you are. Like, don't don't just look at your front tire. Look at where you're going. Look at where you want to be. Because if, if you look at where you want to be, then you're going to do what you need to do to get there. Like, you, it's just, it's just going to happen. And I thought, well, what a great life application. If you look at where you want to be in life, you're going to make the right decisions to stay on track and to get to where you want to be. And so... Today, as we're talking to fathers, talking about being a father, we're not just looking at where we're at. We're looking at where we're going. We're looking at where we're going because if we've got the right vision set ahead of us, then, you know, we're way more likely to make a lot of right choices along the way they are going to get us to where we want to be. It's warm in here. i got (laughs) to lose this jacket, not the normal church attire. Sorry, it's too heavy. I read a survey that said that about half of the fathers that they had surveyed did not feel fully prepared for fatherhood before their first child was born. Personally, I think the other half were lying, okay? That's just just the way it is. I mean, you know, the doctor hands you this, this baby. I can still remember our first child being born and and you're looking at this, and it's like, well, this is reality, you know? Where's the instructions? Did they find any of that in there? And it's like, no, they didn't. And, and so, but you think about it, it's not like, well, we're just gonna hand you, you know, this book, and, and A, B, C, D, very linear, this is what you do, whatever. It wouldn't work anyway. Because if you've had more than one child, you know that children are all different. And it has more to do with relationship principles that become kind of your focus and your target, the thing that you're looking at as to where you're going that really help you in your role as a parent. And so uh, today I'm gonna cover just a couple of those, but I am gonna make a book recommendation for those who wanna say, hey, I wanna learn more about this kind of thing. And uh, the book is called *The Intentional Father* by John Tyson. And so, I would just want to recommend that to to dads that are here. It's a good read or audio, either way. But we're going to have a look at just a just a couple of items uh, of things in relationship that are so important to us. First one is this: build a healthy relationship that lasts a lifetime. Build a healthy relationship that lasts a lifetime. This this concept that we use called raising our children this this phrase that we use actually comes from a rather intense tradition that's rooted in roman culture and what would happen is children would be presented to the head of the household and if the father wanted the child what he would do is he would lift the baby up in his arms hold him or her skyward literally literally raising the child physically And it meant that this baby was now welcomed into the home. That's what it meant. If the man didn't want the child, then he would not raise him or her, but would just look away and leave that baby on the ground. And then the child was put outside for what they called exposure. And what was being communicated when that child was raised is this, I want you in my life. You are welcome into our family. I embrace relationship with you. That's why I'm raising this child. And you know what? Today, we actually have something a little bit similar that kind of happens, and that is this. Either we raise our children by building a strong relationship with them, or we leave them exposed not to the elements of the weather, but to the elements of our broken and confused culture. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the strongest influence happening into my children's lives and the lives of my now grandchildren, of which I don't have as many as that fellow. <laughs> about 20. It's great when you're not quite sure. You got so many, you're just not quite. About 20. I love it. At any rate, I don't want the greatest influence coming from a broken, confused culture around me. It should come from healthy relationships with parents. And this should happen intentionally. This should happen because, you know, of the relationship that we build, not just arbitrarily. And the presence, the presence of dads uh, in the life of children is proven to have a profound impact, not just in the moment, but throughout life, throughout life. You know, as children grow up with a dad in their life, they just do better. Emotionally, And mentally, their health is better, their their personal choices end up being better, their engagement at school, the building of a career, Uh, the ability just to get along in society. And what research has has taught us is that the, the single greatest influence to the future and morality of children is the absence or the presence of their father. But here's what's important to understand about that, and that is this it's not just a physical presence, but it's being being there both mentally and emotionally. In other words, you're not just in the room staring at your cell phone, looking at Facebook, but you're actually in communication. You're actually engaged. You're actually involved. And this message is about having the involvement of a father, that children need fathers. And sometimes it's a stepfather. And sometimes it's a father figure in their life. But something, somewhere, someone who carries that banner of father is so important to the development of young people. Sometimes though, the mentality that carries on towards parenting is that it's a season, you know? And I, I don't know if you've had this, but I, I mean, I've, I've watched this, I've seen this where it's like, okay, they're in our world, but you know, eventually they're gonna be like 18, they're gonna be adults and, uh, you know, and, and they leave home and, and, and it's like, we're done. You know, we, we've did our, our deal, we're done, we're finished. But I, I submit to you that being a father isn't being hired for a season, but it's being involved for a lifetime. And to not have that mentality of, well, they're an adult now. You know, of course, sadly, there are relationship breakdowns where children will leave home and they just don't wanna have anything more to do um, with, with their father for whatever reason. But our goal is to have a healthy, happy, long, uh, lifelong relationship. I want a relationship where my adult children are happy that I drop by and that they plan to do the same because we enjoy each other's company as adults now. Obviously, our children need us when they're school age. That, that one's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, when your kids are school age, you're the taxi, you're the refrigerator, come on. You're you're the 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 cleaner for them. You're you're the you know you're you're everything. You're the supplier of all all of those things, and it's very profound what happens in those years. But but it's not meant to be a limitation. That even though our our children become adults, you know, we we still need to relate to them and have relationship with them. And fathers can still be very involved and very important in decision making that happens in their lives. Just a couple of biblical examples. I think of, of Esther, who is she's, her story is in the Bible uh, called the Book of Esther. It's in the Old Testament. Um, and so you can read about her story. And she comes to a place in her life where she has to make a critical decision. And her decision could say, literally save Israel from genocide. And she's wondering what to do. And it's a father figure in her life by the name of Mordecai, who is actually her uncle, who brings a resolve to this and basically tells her, look, if you do such and such, this could turn out really great. If you do nothing, we already know it's gonna turn out terrible. But here's the point. His words as an adult into her as an adult helped her make a decisive choice that was absolutely revolutionary in its moment. Helped her process that. I think of the Apostle Paul, who was a father in the faith to Timothy, and Timothy becomes significant in scriptures, significant in ministry. But his introduction into all that came because he had somebody being a father in his life. But then I think of David, on the other hand, who has this fractured relationship with his son Absalom, and it eventually turns to betrayal. But I'll give you a little bit of the story. Absalom, who is David's son, has a sister by the name of Tamar. Now, Tamar is Amnon's crush. Okay, if you're like over 25, what that means is he likes her, okay? Just explaining that to you guys. I have to do this cross-generational thing. So Amnon is actually her brother from another mother, okay? That's who this guy is. And Amnon fakes being sick in order to get Tamar to come and bring him chicken soup. It has to be chicken soup. He's sick. So she comes and brings this stuff, and it's all a setup. It's not really sick. It's a setup, and he ends up raping her. Absalom finds out about this, and he's super upset about it. He's like, something needs to be done. This is horrible. David, his father, finds out. And here's what the Scriptures tell us. David was angry, full stop. That's it. No more comment. David doesn't reach out to Absalom. David doesn't reach out to Amnon. David doesn't have conversation with any of these people. Just total dysfunctional behavior. David obviously has his own issues that needed to be addressed to improve his relationship with his children, but he doesn't speak to any of these people. Two years later, Absalom, who's still obviously very upset at what happened, has a plot and he kills Amnon. He, He deals with it himself. And of course, David finds out about it. And here's the deal. David needed to speak up and he did nothing. David knew why Absalom did this And he still didn't reach out to him. And when Absalom needed the input of his father as an adult, it didn't happen. didn't happen. He needed to process his anger and all the rest of it. And his dad wasn't there for him. You know, some people think like this. Well, they're adults now, so I can't say anything. I completely disagree. Absolutely. With that kind of thinking, you can kind of drop out of parenting just because they've reached like a certain age. And yet you might have a son or you might have a daughter who needs your input and attention as much at 23 and 33 as they did at 13. Now, obviously, you know, we shouldn't manipulate, shouldn't force our way, shouldn't condemn or shame, those kinds of things. But like any healthy relationship, you can talk, you can share your concerns, you can share your wisdom and put that in their hands to process. Now David's relationship with Absalom was even more fragmented. And five years later, Absalom betrays his father and tries to usurp his authority as king. You are not David and your child is not Absalom. But like them, you can come to a place of relationship breakdown where there's offenses, where there's unforgiveness, where there's misunderstanding, where there's bitterness, and there's no communication. And I just wanna say, don't let these things fracture your relationship. Be committed to a healthy, happy relationship for life. Stay in communication, resolve issues. Fathers should be the first to apologize. Fathers should be the first to forgive. Fathers should be the first to reach out. And maybe you're doing that and your child is rejecting you right now. Don't stop, always be there for them. And I also wanna say this, that I believe your adult children want you in their world. Let's have a look at the side screens for the story.
0: Through my life, I've had many things that have contributed to my insecurity, Uh, vivid memories starting as young as three of a cow knocking me down and just about killing me. Um, I was molested on the way home from Uh, school. I had played with the church but I hadn't accepted Christ into my heart until somewhere around 1986. But I finally made the commitment but I did not have any understanding of what that commitment made. I met a young lady at a party. Um, I was about 18 and a half at the time. We got married when I was 20. We had four children, three girls and a boy. The last half of the marriage was a bit rocky for multiple reasons, but that's also when my addiction issues started to come and coping issues by utilizing alcohol started. And it culminated at nine and a half years and ended up in divorce. Uh, After the divorce, I was uh, quite devastated and destroyed and um, just not being able to um, see my kids on a regular basis. So again, the walls started to go up and self-protection started to come in and drinking came back into the picture yet again. It was uh, a beginning of a bunch of cycles is what it was. I reconnected with church and had a desire to actually seek God with a different heart. And so I started attending a church here on the south side. Uh, It was around that time that I met my second wife as well. After a while, it came to the point where um, I went back to drinking and I was hiding it. And, um, you know, at that point, as soon as that happened, the the marriage started to deteriorate quite quickly. Again, all because of insecurity and not wanting to look weak. Uh, Appearances, pride comes into play. Eventually got one impaired while we were married and went through a bunch of counseling, stuff like that. And I eventually had a second impaired. And when I had that second impaired, I was such a coward that I signed myself into Teen Challenge out in Saskatchewan so I wouldn't have to deal with the music at home. After the second marriage ended in divorce, um, again, my self-worth went into the toilet. Going back here now uh, four and a half years ago, I finally convinced the doctors to do some tests uh, to check my PSA, or actually they offered to do it, and they discovered that I had prostate cancer. Uh, they did the biopsies and it came back 11 out of 12 uh, positive uh, for cancer and it had metastasized to the bone. And so the doctor, I can still remember, basically said, well, Mr. Peterson, you got uh, three and a half to four and a half years to live, and uh, you know we'll give you a round of chemo, but that's pretty much it. And I literally started almost like a a stop clock, a game clock every day. I saw my time running out. So following the diagnosis with cancer and the dreams, I started looking for a church. Started coming to celebrations. I could see very quickly uh, the connections, the next steps, the programming. It was pretty easy to find things to be able to volunteer in and get involved in, and that helps with the self-confidence and the uh, self-esteem and all that kind of fun stuff. Or In 2017, after going through Teen Challenge, after getting divorced, I went to ADAC and I realized that my efforts had been all in fighting the bottle or the actual drink. In reality, what I needed to work on was my insecurities and my self-worth. Between the professional counseling there and then my attending church both here as well as in general. I haven't had an an issue with alcohol since. After I'd been coming to celebrations for, I don't know the exact timeline, but I was in a worship service in the middle of a song that one young man was singing. It was just like, do you want a miracle? Yeah, and I received. I, I just knew that the cancer had been healed. And since then i've had four complete scans where no metastases to the bone is showing up whatsoever um, it's gone totally gone and god has reignited the dreams uh, that i had you know way back when of, of doing wonderful things but the difference is i want to do wonderful things for him part of this process of healing and restoration grows to my family i have definitely Uh, hurt those relationships. But I've started to rebuild those, and so I'm trusting for rebuilding there. And so the combination of what our church is doing and what God has always been doing brings out some pretty tremendous results. And so I see God continuing to grow, I see myself continuing to grow, and I, I literally see my territory expanding instead of shrinking like I did four years ago. And I kind of, that excites me again. Whereas for the longest time, it was just blah, not no more. There's a lot going on, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the next stage or next phase is going to be.
1: What a great story. Here's the second thought for today, and that is this. Be the voice of affirmation that builds self-confidence. Be that voice of affirmation that builds self-confidence. You know, as a father... You're the most powerful voice in your child's life. And that's not by default, that's by design. God made you that way for a purpose. Life beats up on people, including children. And life tries to constantly remind them about what they can't do or maybe who they aren't. But your voice is louder and more influential than any schoolyard bully, coach, classmate, or teacher having a bad day. Your voice carries more influence than the voices of our confused and broken culture. You have been given a voice of preference in the life of your child that can lift them out of the negativity around them and give them security and give them confidence. Look at the baptism of Jesus. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. He comes out of the water. Scripture says the Holy Spirit came upon him and those who were there could hear this voice from heaven. The heavenly father speaks up in Matthew 3.17. It says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The father just spoke affirmation over Jesus. There are two times in scripture where this same statement is made, and it's both made in public, by the way. The first is at the baptism of Jesus that we just read. And the second is at something called the Mount of Transfiguration. It's later on in the scriptures, Matthew chapter 17 and verse five. It says this, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Once again, the father is affirming the son. He's affirming belonging, acceptance, identity his manhood he affirms that he is loved he affirms that he is approved by the father but here's what you need to see about this and that is this the father affirms the son at his baptism before any miracles or any messages had ever taken place Jesus had never had a crowd that he was speaking to. He hadn't healed anybody who was sick. He hadn't made any wine at a wedding, okay? He hadn't raised the dead, and he didn't have any of those all-you-can-eat-fish barbecues. None of that had happened. None of that had happened. But the Father affirms him. Then after, Jesus had preached to thousands, and after he had crowds that were following him and countless miracles and raising of the dead and boat rides, you know, you ride out and you walk back and and all those things that he did. After he'd done all of these amazing things, the father affirms the son and he does it with the exact same words, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The father was affirming Jesus, listen, because of who he was, not what he did. Jesus never had to earn the Father's love or approval. You don't have to earn the Father's love or approval. Security and self-confidence in life are about knowing that you are loved and you are accepted and you are believed in because of who you are, not what you do. It's not something that you earn. It's something that you receive, not something that you achieve. Fathers may teach their children how to play ball and how to skate and how to do long division or any other skills in life. But the truth is, there's all kinds of other people in your child's world who can help you with those sorts of things. But the one thing that fathers can do like nobody else is affirm their children. Affirm acceptance, confidence, Unconditional love, approval, belonging, that you believe in them. Affirm that their sons are men. Affirm that their daughters are women. And when you do that, you will help them navigate and not try to self-affirm, if you would, what could be affirmed by their father. Children should not be left with something to prove and love to be earned. Children with something to prove become adults, are still looking for the attention and love of their father, even though they're an adult. And what fathers can give their children in life like nobody else is a healthy self-image, confidence, and the security of unconditional love. We get to remove the fear of rejection or failure because their security is found in who they are, not what they accomplish. We also get to let them know that we believe in them. We can literally impart confidence into their life and into their world and confidence in a lot of cases there's so many things in life where it's it's a matter not so much of skill and knowledge but actually of confidence and confidence can take the person over the top in any given field of life if you're realizing that you've never really done this with your children do it now oh but they're like 37 years old do it anyway affirming isn't the absence by the way of discipline, or pretending that everything they do is perfect and wonderful. Come on, you've seen those kids. They're in the supermarket. They're ruining the entire store, and their parents are smiling over them. It's like, (laughs) dear Lord. It's not about like everybody gets a participation trophy. Listen, I've never got a participation paycheck. I actually got it on the basis of performance, and so did you. Listen, never correcting behavior and just letting and having that mentality of, I'm just going to let them kind of discover themselves. Well, Proverbs tells us that foolishness is in the heart of a child. Are you just going to leave that alone? Listen, affirmation isn't ignoring discipline and it's not coddling emotions. Affirmation is about them knowing that they can and they will fail at times, but it doesn't change your love or approval of them as a person. Affirmation lets them know that they're believed in. Unconditional love, self-confidence helps them navigate the discovery of what they're good at and what they're not good at. Why would I want to create an unreal life condition and caudal emotions like that? Kids need to learn how to process disappointment and hurt, not that it's avoidable. You know, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, that never happened to me. I never heard words of affirmation, just criticism. I never heard love and acceptance. I just heard comparison. I never heard approval, uh, only discipline and correction. I, I never heard that I was believed in, only words of anger and disappointment. Well, this is what's so powerful about the gospel of Jesus Christ is because of what Jesus did for us, we can receive forgiveness and be brought into relationship with the Heavenly Father, and we can hear it firsthand from Him. What you did not get, perhaps from your earthly father, you can still receive from your Heavenly Father. You are not hopeless. You are not left empty and lacking. God in heaven affirms you. He calls you forgiven, accepted, righteous, approved, good enough, He calls you complete. He calls you a son. He calls you a daughter. He is a father to the fatherless. And he has reached out to us through Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, to see that you don't miss out in that same relationship with the heavenly father. Romans chapter five and verse eight says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while we were doing our worst, God gave us his best. God is not waiting for you to get your act together. Just like our children at home are loved and accepted, not on the basis of performance, so it is with Jesus. You are loved and you are accepted, not on the basis of performance. God loves you, he believes in you, He died for you, he rose again from the grave to offer you a brand new start in life and eternal life. We are not qualified to follow Jesus because of what we have done. We are qualified because of what he has done for us. God is not looking for our performance, but here's what he is looking for. He's looking for your trust. He's looking for your trust. A decision that says, you know what? I'm gonna trust that what Jesus did when he died and rose again, paid for my past, that that alone takes care of forgiveness, that alone deals with any mistakes that I've ever made. I'm going to trust that. Not only that, I'm going to trust God to be God in my life, that the Almighty gets to be the leader of my life, that His ways are, in fact, better than my ways, and I'm going to trust Him by following Him. That's what Christianity is meant to look like. That's what it's meant to be. I'm not just trusting him by saying, I believe that he existed. I'm trusting him by following him. You know, the God, that, that's why the gospel is called a gift because it's all about what he did for you. you. You don't earn it, you just accept it. And when you do that, you get a brand new start in life. The promise of a relationship with the heavenly father and eternal life. I want to invite us all to stand as we take a moment to pray before we close this service today. Because maybe you're here and you're like, you know what, I've never really done this. I've never really invited Jesus into my life. I kind of believed that he was there. I kind of, kind of believe there's a God, I kind of believe in the gospel, but, but I've never really taken action with it. Well, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. We're going to have a conversation with God together right now. And this is your opportunity to say, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you with my life. I'm gonna trust you with my future. Count me in, I'm gonna follow you. Maybe you're someone who says, you know, I prayed a prayer like that years ago, but I I didn't really follow through on that. You're not discounted. This is an opportunity for a restart. God is the God of a do-over. He's the God of a second chance. And, uh, you know, we all have our, our tries, our failures, all the rest of it. And God says, come on, you can do it. It gives us us that brand new opportunity. This is your opportunity. So I wanna invite you to pray along with us. The rest of us are gonna pray with you. And if those things are what is meaningful to you, it's like, this is what I need to. I need to get rooted and grounded. I need to get a start with Jesus at the center of my life. We just invite you to pray along with us. God, hears the sincerity of your heart. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you loved us enough that you would come to earth, that you would die and raise again to pay for my sins. I ask you to forgive my past and I invite you into my life. I acknowledge you as my Savior and I trust you with my life. I acknowledge you as the leader of my life and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart from this day forward, in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationemonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationemonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.